You're listening to the Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week we're joined by Jade King and Izzy Vanderveld to go through the biggest news stories. Then we're breaking down the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. Let's go! Coming to you live from the Gamer Studio, uh, the Gamer Podcast, episode 44, uh, the Summer More Marches On, joined by my esteemed colleagues, Jade King Hello. and Izzy Vanderveld. Hello, we're in the studio. What it's, a week. It's air conditioned. It's very nice in here. <laughs> what a summer. Oh, you got air conditioning? Yeah, in the studio. Not in L.A. Not in LA, baby. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the news. And after that, let's talk about the Tendos. So we had a Tendos. Nintendo Direct colon partner showcase. A mini, as they call it. Uh, yeah. We had, I was looking at this, uh, we had an actual Nintendo Direct in February. And before that, we had one in September and February of last year, 2021. Mm. And before that, we didn't have one. <laughs> we did not have one in 2020. Yeah, because there was like people were waiting for like, they acted like they'd been waiting for millions of years. It's like, when's the next direct? Yeah. People think we're going to have another big one soon. But there was a time when we would get three full size Nintendo directs in a year. And we now spoiled. we. Did. Now we get indie showcases and partner whatevers. And as far as like real Nintendo directs, I don't know. Hopefully we get another one in September. But That'd be uh, nice. like, but this one was good. Christmas. We need to see Bayonetta. Yeah. Uh, among other things, which we'll, we'll definitely mention in the next segment. Among but us. first things first, I have some news stories. Shall we talk about the news? Might Hit as well. Eric. I'm ready. I'm ready. Spellbreak is shutting down in early 2023. Uh, development has ceased uh, as of now. Have you both played Spellbreak ever? Yeah, I thought that game was... I'm not a regular player, but I dabbled in the first season. And it was, for a Battle Royale game, it was a cool idea. So it's kind of mm -hmm. a shame to see it die like this. But it was never popular, was it? Like didn't really talk about spell break right i i think that the writing was on the wall a long time ago Me too. i think yeah this was not gonna maintain an audience you knew. yeah yeah even though development has officially ended now i think people even like content creators had moved on from this one a good i don't know six months to a year ago yeah like within six months of it coming out it felt like people were already like moving on like it didn't catch attention despite having a unique premise i suppose yeah this one this was on the epic game store when the epic game store launched and it felt like it had a lot of support in that way it was sort of i mean other than fortnite it was like a, a big free-to-play battle royale thing but i just wonder now is like it can anybody make a battle royale anymore if you're not you know if you're Fortnite not gonna, Apex. I think so many have. Yeah, tried, if you're not respawn or 
even like when Battlefield tried to make one, they couldn't hang. Like Warzone joined the big boys, yeah. but mm-hmm. and it like, took two tries. Call of Duty took two tries to figure out how to do it. Yeah, I do think that market is so saturated now in terms of battle royale. Like, if you're going to be a live service, you can't just say, "Oh, we're going to be like this battle royale, but have a unique spin." You need to do something entirely new to stand out you're gonna fade away because even halo infinite came in as a live service like one of the biggest franchises we know and i'd say now like it's failed to keep up the momentum of its competitors and as a result it's faded away like spellbreak is just it was too niche coming into far too a saturated genre like it had that and and very difficult really yeah skill ceiling yeah you're right because it kind of even the tutorial it gives you it's like there's a lot of like different elements you play with like character types like it's not just point and shoot it's exploration resource management and point and Fucking combine these elements and traversal fly around fly around and, and, and jump shit. on like, top of people and stuff it's cool and it had a novelty but it wasn't simplistic or wide-reaching enough to stand out like and yeah i think as you said that writing was on the wall for that one yeah, I I mean it's they haven't stopped making battle royales, right? We just got we just got vampire. Yeah, is uh, anyone playing that? Is anyone playing Blood Hunt? Uh, I I dabbled in it, but as far as the like player numbers, we can check. We can only ever check PC, which gives us, you know, a mm. not a f- holistic perspective but we have less than a thousand players in that game right now it's a 24-hour peak is less than 2,000 okay uh which is not good for a big big uh multiplayer game where you need to fill lobbies with 60 to 100 players yeah Yeah. yeah uh and maybe that's the biggest problem with these games they have to have a big player base. Yeah, except that or bots, and like not everyone can manage that. And you can know when there's bots, can't you? Right. Yeah. Whereas, like, uh, like smaller competitive games that are just like three v three or five v five or whatever, you don't need to maintain thousands and thousands of players. But these games do, and I think that's part of the reason why why they struggle, and also just like because, as you said, this the saturation. It's just so many good ones. It's just every time I play a new battle royale, it's like, well, I could just play Apex. I could just play Fortnite. Like, I think that's why the I have one. with a lot of live service games. Is it's like, even if like if once you find the one you like, why would you ever stop playing it? And the one has to be good enough point. to pull you isn't away it? from yeah. that hobby game. Essentially, like, yeah. people play Apex and Fortnite like daily. Yeah, like you're you're either not going to take a chance to try a new game like Spellbreak. Or it, you're going to try it for like a day or two and go, oh, that's cool, but back to my regular rotation. And like, yeah. and then those players drop off. But that's what happens. It's not like the sort of standalone games where it's just cool. You buy a new game, you play the experience, yeah. maybe even a couple times, and then like, cool, that's done, on to the next experience. Because there's been so many games now where I've gone, this isn't going to last. And we were right, like again and again and again. It's really sad to to get into that cadence of predictability with these games because you know people are trying hard to make them and they're just like shitting them out into a landscape where they're not going to survive. Yeah. Uh, Condolences to Spellbreak. But the good news is the studio got bought 
by Blizzard, so they're, they're be not just on that World of Warcraft content. Forever. Yeah, or Overwatch maybe. God, yeah, that's that uh, Spellbreak's got a cool aesthetic though. Like if they roll that into some of those other live service games, it could be cool. Yeah, even from just a talent perspective, it just makes um, me sad. All these studios just getting bought up and turned into the the subsidiary and support devs on like huge things. I totally agree, but in this case, when you have a failed battle royale, <laughs> it's better to get bought up than to. You know, land on their feet. people will land on their feet, which is good. Yeah. Uh, okay. I hate talking about this. I wish I didn't have to talk about this, but we've been talking about this for years now. And once again, uh, a insider, this time Jeff Grubb, uh, wants us to know that Metroid Prime Trilogy Remastered is coming soon to Nintendo Switch. Fight is it? I've hit, I swear <laughs> we've had that report like ten times in the past. Boy, we sure have been hearing oh, that coming. for a long time. Like it's it's ready, but they restarted Metroid Prime Four, so it's been ready, but they just haven't done anything with it. Right, right. So, uh, so many weird things about this one. Right, it's never been officially confirmed that it even exists. Never. There was no announcement for this. Uh, this is mo- this is the Metroid Prime trilogy, but it's a remaster for the HD generation. Because I don't, I don't think the Wii, the Wii one had a wide screen perspective, but I don't think that it was HD. Yeah, Wii was never HD. Right. So, uh, and then the first time we heard about this game was in 2019. And the rumor then was that it was ready. It was done. That was 2019. That it was just sitting on a shelf. So it seems like, nobody's ever confirmed this, but it it seems like they wanted to release this to start the hype cycle for Metroid Prime 4. But then because Metroid Prime 4 got restarted, then this just got put on a shelf until the timing is better. I mean, that seems to be what the only thing that makes sense, right? Yeah, because that's what you do. Like, I imagine there's a lot of Switch owners, maybe the majority of them, like, haven't played a Metro Prime game before. Like, you'd want to kind of like lay that baseline before putting four out there. And maybe four is coming next year, so they're going to be like, oh, in November, here's the trilogy for like fifty pounds or whatever, and that'd be amazing. But it does feel because I swear this game's even been listed in retailers before. Yeah, yeah, I think we saw it on like a Walmart website. Or yeah, and it something got pulled, like that. Like, yeah, it definitely yeah. exists. It's just like, isn't it kind of a bad idea to just keep pushing it back and back and back and back and back? Because isn't it just gonna start to look kind of ugly soon? Like compared to what's gonna be coming out. Those games are. Uh, I mean, I suppose there's a limit to what Switch games will ever look like, right? Mm. I guess that's true of any console, really, but. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, the it, it, if it's getting remastered or it's getting some updates, that's great. But like, I've bought the Metroid Prime trilogy twice. Yeah. <laughs> I bought on the Wii. Well, first of all, I bought all three of those games. Then I bought the trilogy on the Wii, and then I bought the trilogy on the Wii U. Oh, you fucking mock! I'm down to buy it again, <laughs> but like. 
can we not make such a big deal out of this like re 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 release? Because that's what it is. Mm. Um, They've done the work. <laughs> like they just <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, uh, and I I really have no idea how if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but um, but the the beauty of the original Metro Prime trilogy, like the original collection for Wii was that it brought the motion controls from three to all three games. And that's like, was by far the best way to play that game. Yeah. Right. Cause one and two were on GameCube. So no motion controls. And then when they put the trilogy on Wii, you could do that crazy thing where you're, your left hand was the stick for walking and your right hand was the remote for pointing the gun. So like your body was detached from your arm and you could aim your gun separate. Like you could aim around your screen separate yeah. from what, wherever you were looking. Uh, and there's no way the switch can do that. Right. It'd be a skyward sword situation. They'd have to like reinvent the control scheme for it to work. Yeah. So the skyward sword thing is, is because the, the Joy-Cons have a gyroscope sensor. Yeah. So you can get motion, like Skyward Sword did that, but it's not tracking. Yeah, not aim. You couldn't aim a gun. You can't aim. Well, yeah. a Joy-Con. You'd have to do it with the sticks. Like, there's no other way to really do it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. E even if this Prime Trilogy remaster is like a nice update in HD with like new textures and stuff, it's still not going to be like, the definitive edition of this trilogy, I think. I don't think that's possible. If anything, it would be a step backwards because it would be taking away those motion controls they retroactively put into the first mm. two games. They'd have right. To. So it'd be quite strange. Almost like, oh, we did this work previously. Now we need to take that work out. To put take it, it back out, yeah. Like, and I assume it will look, they'll up the resolution, but they'd just be like fancified GameCube ports, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, obviously, like, I love these games. I'm psyched to play them again, especially on the Switch. Like, yeah. the first time they're on, like, a portable device. And I think, like, as you said, Jade, a lot of people haven't played them. Mm. Uh, and they'll want to play them because of Metroid Prime 4. So it all, it makes business sense, and it is it is good, good for the gamers. Yeah. Uh, but I am a little sad that there's, like, a better version of this game that we'll never have again, you know? Unless the Switch 2 has actual Wii motion tracking <laughs> yeah and like well i'll buy this game this trilogy for the fifth time at that point yeah i'd like, uh, that'd be lovely to come out before christmas too wouldn't it that'd be really yes i think so because we know that zelda isn't yeah that'll and... be March. that'll be like spring probably i don't know yeah so like we we'll have uh we'll have splatoon this summer we'll have mario rabbids in the fall but like you still, even though I know things are different now, I still want like a big holiday Nintendo game, and we haven't been getting that recently. We must have a new Mario on the way. Odyssey was five years ago, right? Yeah, Odyssey two. I would say no to Odyssey two. Have him throw his shoes this time or something. I think I think uh, Metroid Dread was the big holiday game last year. That was their like late fall. Yeah, because they haven't. The Switch is an unusual console because 2017 was packed. You had like uh -huh. Xenoblade, Splatoon 2, Mario, Breath of the Wild, like all their big ones. Yeah. And 
in the years since, you had like a couple of big exclusives a year. And it felt like the development pipeline kind of slowed. And mm-hmm. we're still there now because like, we don't know when Bayonetta 3 is coming out, presumably mm-hmm. this year, hopefully, maybe. And then Breath of the Wild 2 next year, Xenoblade this year. Yeah, just yeah. give us a... I want big Nintendo games again. Well, I hope I hope Greb is right. I hope that this is finally coming out uh, for the holidays. Um, great games. Really cool games. Uh, okay. The Bored Ape Crypto Restaurant <laughs> yeah did you see the eminem snoop dog video no what is they, that oh fuck eminem and snoop dog have bored apes and they did a a video a song together they they quashed their beef after 20 years so they could do a rap song about their bored apes and it's like sick oh my god at the end of the video eminem's looking in a mirror and then he sees that he's turning into a bored ape and then he turns around and Snoop Dogg's just there as a bored ape, like getting high as shit. It's like, it's awful. It's like the worst thing I've ever seen. But yeah, watch that. The metaverse, baby. You either die the counterculture or you live long <laughs> enough to see yourself become a bored ape. <laughs> Fucking sad. So there's a restaurant. There's a bored ape crypto restaurant in Long Beach. By me. I actually used to live in Long Beach. Uh, and they're no longer accepting crypto. <laughs> but that's the, at the point. At the board. It, you know what? It's no one. No, Even the most crypto brained loser would never spend their crypto on a cheeseburger. It doesn't make any fucking yeah, sense. Crypto is always. I don't know. I think it's all bullshit, but. They're always dealing large quantities, wouldn't they? Like you'd be silly to spend that on food. Well, well so you can you, you can break it down to fractions of a crypto coin. But the 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 whole idea of crypto is that it's deflationary. Right? The hmm. the the money becomes more valuable over time. So why on earth would you spend it on a cheeseburger if it's worth two cheeseburgers tomorrow? And well, 10 why? cheeseburgers the next day. Well, why would you ever spend it at all if that's the case? It's just fucking... Exactly. Exactly. It's but, designed not to be spent. Like NFTs. You need to, like, foster that map value. So yes. It's worth more. Yeah. So every time they have some PR bullshit about, like, oh, this bodega is accepting crypto or this, like, crypto restaurant. Like, yeah, but nobody would ever spend it. That's the whole point. It makes no sense. Except now when it is tanking, when it is r- representing inflation, that's not what's happening. But like when it when it is becoming less valuable, now the restaurant won't take it anymore. <laughs> now they're back to cash. It's just like, it's nice to see a real life, uh, you know, representation of this like virtual market falling into the sea. Mm. Um, because it's embarrassing they should all be ashamed I'm sure they're going to change the name like any day now like it won't be the Bored Ape Crypto Diner or whatever the fuck anymore it'll just be called Dave's Sandwiches is it like Bored Ape Food they had they had like crypto prices on the menu which is another concept that makes no sense what did they change the menu every like Mm. 45 minutes (laughs) 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 but they uh but they stock index (laughs) yeah they took all the crypto prices off the menu i don't know if the names of the food are like ape (laughs) related (laughs) or whatever 
Um, yeah, but fuck them. They're, they're embarrassing. Uh, okay. Speaking of fuck them, they're embarrassing. Chris Pratt. Uh, our boy. Our Mama boy. Mia. Our boy CP. He doesn't like when you call him Chris. <laughs> call me CP. <laughs> call me, call me <laughs> CP. Truly awful. Have like, you guys I noticed? I know we're all too online, but sometimes it yeah. helps to be just a little bit online. They did that in Metal Gear Solid Five. You'd be like, "This is CP," and I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, Snake." Okay, <laughs> so this this isn't the story. Like, I'm going to get to the story and how this relates to video games, uh, but. There has been a fucking media blitz for CP over the last week. He's trying to like repair his image as the four films coming out because <laughs> he's not done any interviews for that, even though he's in it like quite a lot. Every single day this week, and I don't think it's just Jurassic Park either because that's already out and it didn't do very well. No, but or Jura- Jurassic World Dominion, no colon. Uh. Every day this week, there's been a new Chris Pratt puff piece in some celebrity gossip mag. And first it was about how like he was golfing with his pastor and his pastor kept calling him Chris. And he's like, whoa, my friends don't call me Chris. They call me CP. Call me CP. It's like, whoa, mate. <laughs> uh, and then that's, now... That's longer to say. And now it's like he's like out there talking about how uh, he's not religious. It's crazy how you can like uh, be a fundamentalist or an evangelical, I I guess, to be more uh, accurate. You can like be an evangelical and like give a shitload of money to the church and be like, I'm not religious, though. Yeah, you can lie. Sure, you can you can lie to the I guess you can just say whatever. You yeah. can just say words. Yeah. CP is like JC, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the reason we're talking about Chris Pratt is because um uh he uh he told in some interview he said that he talked about the Mario voice and that he's been working really hard on it and that it's going to be uh modernized and that it's going to be like nothing you've ever heard before. Why? Just so, sound like Mario. <laughs> so first of all, I'd like to hear both of your interpretation of what that is. What Can you tell me what Chris Pratt's modernized Mario voice that's something you've never heard before sounds like? You think it's going to be like, hey, a Mario walking? Do you think it's going to be like from New York? <laughs> is it going to be... <laughs> No, we've already heard that. <laughs> yeah, we've heard that. Bob Hoskins did that, so it can't be that. If it's like nothing we've is it just that means it's just he's just gonna sound like some guy no give me a like the lego movie is he gonna sound like that person mm. give me a your give me a it's a me mario but do it in a modernized way that sounds like something we've never heard before izzy you go first <laughs> what you're asking is impossible eric <laughs> Get, give me your I'm best trying to think like what the tone would be yeah god i'm trying to think of like futuristic mario Mm, okay you might be onto something <laughs> like it's a me a mario nft like i don't know man <laughs> he'd like change the he'd like whoa hey it's me mario like he, yeah, he'd do he's it actually in, changing the he'd words. do it like right. chris pratt impression. i'll, I'll like try i'll Star try Lord or yeah, fucking... Here, here's mine owen is that the Jurassic world man yeah here's mine hey it's <laughs> it's me mario Oh, I hate it. I hate it. It could be like that. 
well, it shouldn't be, a... but it could be. I feel. Oh, I hope the film is like Charles Martinet is narrating it or something. I, yeah, I heard he's gonna have a cameo or something. I just, how many headlines have we seen where somebody related to this movie is explaining how Mario's voice is going to blow our minds? They're trying to like, oh, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be sh- total shit. Like, bear with us. Like, we promise. Why don't they just not talk about it? Yeah, honestly, just shut just up. Wait till the, the trailer come comes out and we'll judge it for ourselves. How many times are you going to try to explain how great Chris Pratt's voice is going to be? Like, either let put it in a trailer or stop bringing it up. Or when people ask you about it, just be like, uh, yeah, you'll see. Mm. Like, yeah, the trailer's coming, you'll see. Like, every single time they're just like, oh my god. Wait till you hear Chris Pratt's Mario voice. You're going to shit your pants and come at the same time. <laughs> like It's so fucking weird, right? And the thing it's is, gonna... it's from the Minion people, so the film's probably going to be good. So just like shut up and let us watch I think trailer. so. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a musical. Yeah, that's strange. Like, I wonder how that that's is. That is a bit strange. That's fun, at least. I like uh, any musical that's got Charlie Day in it has got my attention. Mm, that's fair. Pacific Rim. F. Reagan's Donkey Kong. That's what I want. Pacific Rim wasn't a musical though. If Pacific Rim yeah. were a musical, <laughs> I just here's the one thing I don't want besides all of it and Chris Pratt. Uh, I don't want super timely pop culture references that are gonna make the game the the movie feel old as fuck. You don't want it to years. be Shrek. I don't want just a bunch of TikTok dances and like, just like internet culture moves so fast. And if they try to fill it with memes and like references to like the fourth season of Stranger Things, you know? <laughs> well, they can't. It's an animated movie. Like if they try and fill it, whatever references they fill it with will already be like at least a year old by the time it comes out. Yeah, but they do that. But the movie and especially like illumination shit they they try to put memes and shit in them i don't know that i i hope they're not gonna do that but they they probably will at least sonic was filled with sonic memes yeah yeah you know the thing is fine also i reckon the reason the cp things come out is (laughs) chris pratt's a nonce (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. is what Wait, i reckon so now he's like call me cp wink so, so now when you when you google chris pratt cp you right. don't find all the stories about like the alleged child abuse that's probably going to come out pretty soon you're just going to find Christ. like oh he likes oh he's CP. thinking about like, it yeah, they've got out ahead of that one he's like my middle name is nonce <laughs> cnp <laughs> Okay, the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the games and the Nintendo Direct is uh, Square's double, double, double down on NFTs. Oh, again? Yeah. So the 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 short timeline was Square sold off a bunch of its West, all of its Western studios, mm-hmm. and said we're going to reinvest that money into blockchain shit and then everyone 
laughed at that because that's absurd. And also, they sold those studios for a pittance, right? They did. <laughs> so, so then, then they were like, they doubled back. No, actually, we're focusing on games, and now we're back. We're back to NFTs. We're back to uh, Square wants to make story focused NFTs. And once again, we're talking about NFTs and people are using words that mean nothing and saying a bunch of stuff that makes no sense. Uh, But this came from a recent shareholders uh, meeting uh, where they described a long-term strategy or I'm sorry, a medium-term strategy. Now we're just making shit up because we're talking about NFTs. Uh, And they said, like, we're not just going to jump into our our big hitters. We're not just going to jump right into Final Fantasy VII and start NFTing the shit out of it. So don't worry. But that they plan to create story-focused NFTs. So let's talk about that. I saw these Batman NFTs. Did you see this? I had Twitter ads for this for these things for weeks. Did anybody else see this? No. Uh, you would, you would mint your Batman NFT, and you would get some random cow, like it would oh, be Batman's yes. cow, but it would have like different random. Like it'd be smoking a blunt or have sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be like luminescent, or it would be like all no, red, or yeah, whatever. Uh, and then the whole promise was once you're bought in, then you're part of this ongoing Batman narrative experience where the NFT makes you part of some fucking story. And I, it's just like you you have nothing to sell. <laughs> just just say you have nothing to sell. Like the thing is, we want to sell something, but we don't have anything to sell. And that's sort of the problem we're running into. And so we're going to sell this by um, by being extremely vague about things like uh, a story focused. <laughs> it's just so embarrassing. Just don't do fun. any of it. Like there are all, all these big companies are releasing these fucking earnings reports, going like we're going to double down on blockchain in the metaverse they don't know what that means they just smell the money and they're trying to find out some bullshit way to incorporate that into whatever they're doing like square enix is going to do this they're going to crash and burn and then they'll backtrack immediately like if they put it into their big franchises then they're just dooming themselves even further it's almost genius because it's like how do like how do you just create money out of actual nothing Right. I feel like that's always been the end goal of like capitalism, and that's what this is. It's just, oh, here's here's something completely and utterly arbitrary and worthless in every single sense of the word, but we promise it has value. And if enough of you believe it has value, it will have that value. The real story are the NFTs we minted along the way. Oh, that's kill myself. It is. You're absolutely right. It it's a it's a symptom of growth economics, right? You you can only make so many games you only have so many developers that you can only underpay so much at a certain point you have to start selling bullshit out of thin air if you want to see that year over year growth 
Mm. forever and maybe that's just the point we've gotten to where we've monetized the shit out of every game we've filled them with microtransactions we've raised the price we've fought off the unions we've like we've done all the exploitation we can and now we have to start selling imaginary bullshit because the number has to keep going up uh yeah and like as terrifying as that is i'm i'm almost more terrified of what's next you know mm. uh, uh, hopefully i'm just dead by then hey uh, <laughs> we, we probably all will be i mean what yeah like they're gonna start they're gonna start selling us oxygen yeah it's gonna be like final fantasy air tanks Ironic, because it's fucking Square Enix. Like, they played Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. That this is where this is going. <laughs> You're fucking Shinra, you idiots. All right, all right. I goddamn one of these weeks. All right, next week I want to make a commitment to everyone. Next week we're gonna do the news, and I'm not gonna lose my shit in some kind of like anti-capitalist rant. I swear yeah. to God. We don't know what the news um, the is. The other lie is told by Eric Swanson. <laughs> can't promise <laughs> We'll talk about the news and it'll be lighthearted. Maybe. Square <laughs> uh, Enix is going to kill children on Twitch. So you'll be like... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about video games and it'll be fun. Okay? Yeah. That's video the deal. Games. Yeah. Games. All right. All right. Back in a sec. We had a little breaking news before we move on to the Nintendo Direct. Uh, this comes from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. Uh, Pokemon Go creator Niantic cancels four project, cuts 8% of its staff. Uh, this came from a internal email from Niantic Chief Executive Officer John Hankey, basically explaining that, the, uh, that the, they're losing money. And they they got to cut projects and lay off. Uh, it sounds like eighty five to ninety jobs. Um, Hanky wrote, facing a time of economic turmoil, and added, reducing costs in a variety of areas. So those projects were uh, Heavy Metal, which was a Transformers game. Uh, Niantic had already announced, and Hamlet. Uh, which this one disappoints me. This was from the Sleep No More people. You guys know Sleep No More? Rings a bell. It's this just uh, bonkers uh, performance art thing. Uh, I think it's in New York, but they I, I've seen it elsewhere. But it's like a it's a play that's like in a house, and every time you see and it's interactive. You're like there with the actors. And every time you see it, you can like go see different scenes because it's all playing out, you know, in real time throughout this oh, whole I house. See. Yeah. Fascinating. They, so that, that company that makes Sleep No More is called Punch Drunk. Niantic was working on a game called Hamlet with Punch Drunk. That is no more. Game no more. Uh, the other two projects were called Blue Sky and Snowball, but it doesn't sound like we knew about those. Um, but what we do know is that, uh, obviously Pokemon Go lives on, uh, Wizards Unite ended last year. I think they shut that down really fast, right? The Harry Potter one. Yeah. The ones they said it was shutting, they didn't keep it around for long. Yeah. Uh, we also have Pinkman Bloom, 
Um, and then the two that I got to play at Summer Games Fest, uh, Paradot, uh, which is kind of like a Tamagotchi or like a, a Sonic Adventure Chow Garden, like a AR pet. Like Neopets. Raising your pet thing. Yeah. It's very, very cool. And then the other one is Campfire, and Campfire is like a social hub for all their games, which is going to make raiding in Pokemon Go a lot easier. Uh, those still exist. They'll also, ironically, yesterday, they announced NBA All World, which is going to be like a, a location-based NBA game. So... Um, it, I, I, people getting laid off uh, horrible always mm. uh, it's hard not to feel like maybe Niantic was overextending <laughs> with all these projects like oh, damn absolutely. wow they were seeking to replicate that Pokemon Go success and they've failed enough times now that they must have seen that something had to give Nothing yeah universally beloved as Pokemon yeah and I think the narrative of like not being able to recapture the success of go or like, you know, go slowing down or whatever, but like go, go is still huge. I think Harry Potter flopping is the real issue here. Yeah. Like that was a huge investment and had, if, if, if Harry Potter was successful the way that go is, I don't think we'd see all these projects. They positioned that to be the next Pokemon go like from the announcement. They're like, Oh, it's Harry Potter. It's like, an IP that you could put on a similar level, but it, yeah. it isn't anymore. And like consumer interest probably just isn't the same as it is in Pokemon. Like there isn't enough uh, as much to do with that universe in the, the AR setting. Like catching, you don't want to catch fucking hobgoblins or whatever they are in Harry Potter. <laughs> you want to catch Pikachu. It, was that the problem? Was it? Yeah. What was the? Why did Wizards Unite fail? I mean, obviously we all know. J.K. Rowling's a tough bigot, and so mm. that's not helped the public image, but I doubt that would like tank a game, because most people wouldn't care. Honest, people just weren't too interested. I honestly, think. I think Wizards Unite was uh, overly complicated. I think it had too yeah. many resources and too many systems. Like, it, it was grindy in the way that uh, Pokemon Go is, but it, it felt like it it was a little too mobile gamey, if that makes sense. Like Pokemon Go, anyone could pick up and play. From a base level, I think. Yeah. You flick this had like Pokemon. You were in a page in this spell book and get twenty pages to get the whole book, and then that book would give you an upgrade. It You're was re- it was very mobile like game that. stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh shame to see I'm very re- really bad news when uh mm. when people get laid off. Um yeah, so that that was breaking before we uh before we finished, so we wanted to squeeze that in now. Won't be breaking by the time the podcast airs, but that's, True. that's how time works. They didn't Unfortunately, know. the time it moves forward. Uh, okay, we'll take a break now, and then when we come back, uh, Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Nintendo do what Nintendo Nintendo Yes. All right. No, I, like oh, what's the saying people use? It's American. 
Not Americant. <laughs> Nintendo uh, Summer Games Fest, I guess, continues. Uh, Summer of Morbius. It keeps going. We're morbing on, and now we have a Nintendo Direct Mini colon Partner Showcase June 2022. <laughs> uh, and we have a bunch of games, and I, I always... I don't show up live for these. I, I watch the highlights, you know, but this time I, I sat down uh, early and I watched the whole thing and I was like, damn, they're bringing some games. It's cool uh, Yeah, it, I was not bothered at all that this wasn't a, you know, a, a Nintendo first party kind of thing, because there was some really cool stuff here. Uh, so let's run down the list. The first one is one we're all aware of. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak comes out Thursday. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's already out if you're listening to this. Expansion for Monster Hunter Rise on Switch and PC. The two master platforms for, for video games, apparently. <laughs> they showed off a bunch of new monsties here in this trailer, but if you've been paying attention to Rise, you've seen... There was nothing new here. This was just... This was hype for the normies. It's more just like uh, it's out tomorrow, baby. It's out this week, baby. Like get ready. That yeah. Trailer. We saw a scary Rajang. Uh yeah, lots of monsters. Look, Monster Hunter Rise is great. Everyone knows it. Anyone who disagrees uh is an enemy of the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, after that, uh did we already know about this? Near Automata, the end of Yora edition we is coming didn't. to Switch. No. That was new news. New Surprising, news. Because that game runs like shit on everything. So I wonder yeah. how it's going to run on the Switch. About yeah. I think today we got some leaks about that. Or yeah, like, like 1080p, 30 FPS. That's what it's targeting. Uh, incredible game that everyone played in 2017. So New costumes, though. And <laughs> yeah. that, that box art is fire, but I'm not going to spend £50. Look at the box. <laughs> I'm actually still yet to play... Um, a near game. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to play it on the Switch. I will. I'll play it on like my PS5. Yeah, or don't yeah, yeah. I but, wouldn't play um, it on the Switch. Near Automata but is fantastic. I didn't. I didn't know it was about androids from the moon coming to reclaim Earth. That sounds cool as fuck. <laughs> I love Man, that. Oh, shit. Baby, it's kind of about everything, idea. isn't it? Yeah. Fuck, that, that game goes places. Is he? It's yeah. very Evangelion in Sick. terms of like how it subverts your storytelling expectations. It's fucking <laughs> wild. Play, yeah. play it, Izzy. No, I will. I really need to. Uh, you'll have to help me with a couple of these uh, smaller ones. Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. I really love the name, but uh -huh. I'm not... And I think it, it, it looks kind of cool. It's not a game I think I'll play. Because um, I'm not super into that sort of like puzzly game. It was but, like um, a narrative adventure, wasn't it? Like, yeah, but... Yeah. Like it, yeah, it kind of felt like, a, like an evolution of those old like DS point-and-click puzzle. Oh, games. okay. I like Hotel Dusk. That game rules. Mm. Um, uh, it look, it does look like it has a cool art style, though. Like it looks cool, and I think fans of that type of game will really like it. It's just mm. not my cup of tea. Super Bomberman, Super Bomberman R two. I fun. think I want to say that Super Bomberman R was a launch title for Switch. Yes, yes, it was, and then it got and it was to other platforms. It was sixty bucks and it had no content and I and the price never came down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much oh, this is Bomberman. 
<laughs> yeah, much. and it's cost its full price. So this is an Angry Birds Star Wars situation when the PS4 launched. <laughs> yeah, everyone likes Bomberman, and nobody wants to play Bomberman. <laughs> um, I I don't know. This, I mean, this had a ton of game modes, and and it, you know, it looks like some some good old Bomberman, but uh, the world has moved on. I'm bombs. sorry, Bomberman. And Bomberman did a really bad job of uh, get getting his name out there. He's not in Smash. Yeah, you know, he doesn't have like a cartoon. A in Brawl. He, he, Bomberman I, would be a cool Smash character. He had a terrible reboot, Bomberman Zero. Yeah, I don't think he had like a cool kids cartoon, like a Saturday morning show. Like he doesn't have his breakfast cereal. Like, come on, Bomberman. Bombs are quite a bad thing. Where's where's the yeah bombs are bad? Well, only if they're being dropped on people. Like you know, you can which is, which you do in that game. Talk. You don't use bombs fucking passively. <laughs> yeah, there's they're not health bombs. <laughs> they're not bath bombs. Bath bombs are good. <laughs> yeah, we we need to reform Bomberman's image, and I don't think Super Bomberman R two is doing it. I said reform Bomberman. You said cancel him. Yeah, we need to show him. <laughs> price. Probably, uh, uh, probably difficult given the whole you know global geopolitical situation. Fair. Uh, okay, here here was my uh, big hype moment from the show: Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. Yes, I played these as a kid. Like these games. Yeah. Cool. You know about these, Izzy? I I, I, mean, I rewatched the direct before the show just to like catch up. I. I've never played a Mega Man game. I think Mega Man has passed me, and I yeah. think that's okay. Like, I... Oh, wait, can you hear the bells? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, they live near a church. What is that? Yeah, there's just so many churches in Leamington. There's, like... I'm flanked by, like, three. <laughs> Mega Man, uh, yes. I, I'm aware of Mega Man. I just don't think it's for me. It, I, it's passed me. I never well, played it as a kid. Let me let me pitch you. I'm still. I gotta pitch you on this because because I think that this is worth a a gander. So first of all, Mega Man. uh, It's platformer. Uh, It's pretty hard because it's like a you know it's an old Uh, platformer. Pretty pretty unforgiving. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network is a strategy tactics game. Cool. Uh, And. It is about a uh, a fifth grader in a dystopian future where it's basically Ready Player One, and uh, and Mega Man is his avatar. Yeah, cool. Uh, but it's not like he becomes Mega Man. Mega Man is a separate sentient person, but that lives in the net. He's his he's his net counterpart, mm. and they. Uh, they go around thwarting cyber terrorist attacks. And there's like 10 of these games. And there's a lot of these games. The amount of content in that collection is nuts. (laughs) So it is... It might be too much content. It's six games, but they did the Pokemon thing for four, five, and six. (laughs) Well, uh, actually for three, four, five, and six. So three is like three red and three blue or whatever. Like... And there's no reason to have two versions of these games. Mm. Uh, they were really just trying to do Pokemon. But uh, anyway, I I love the series. the The combat is like 
no other game uh, before or since. There's one indie game that was made specifically to be like, I just I just miss Battle Network and I wish somebody would make a game. So I did it. Uh, it's called One Step from Eden. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So Battle Network is is a real time tactics game. So both you and your enemies are moving around in a grid freely at the same time, uh, using abilities and shooting at each other and, and doing like grid based attacks and stuff. Uh, yeah. So tactical action game. It's just, it's a, uh, it's super fun. The story is, is, uh, is really cool. Dystopian cyberpunk kind of stuff. Um, and I've wanted some kind of port for these games forever. So, and I know a lot of, a lot of fans have, cause they've, they were all Game Boy Advance games. So obviously uh, no, no real way to play them these days. I'm sure that they will just stick basically emulated versions of all these games onto the switch with no improvements they've or enhancements. Upscaled. They've like, have they? In the trailer, there's like they've smoothed over the graphics, so they're less pixely. Okay. They've jazzed them I, up a little bit, but I think that's gonna <laughs> probably be like a really small effort thing. Yeah. yeah. It looks smoother, but does that mean better? The every time so Capcom's done tons of these Mega Man re-releases. Yeah. They have, yeah. Um and they're fine. They're 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 a great way to play these games. I'm a little bit disappointed in this collection because um, uh, a few reasons. There's a lot of this series that's exclusive to Japan. And this would have been a really cool time to introduce those games. There's a remake of one that's exclusive to Japan. It was oh, on the wow. 3DS and it crossed over with the, they did like a sequel series to this, like star Mega Man star force or something. Uh, and yeah, so we've never had the remake of the first Battle Network, uh, and this would have been a cool way to do that too. And then the other thing is that half of the series, I think four, five, and six, crossed over with that Kojima game. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Kojima's uh, Game Boy thing that was like vampires, and it had like a solar sensor. You had to like. You had to actually like go play the game in sunlight. Let me look it up. To fight vampires. Bok time? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so we I think we only got one Boktai and then the other two were exclusive to Japan. And they all crossed over with Battle Network. You could like get cards in one that would work in the other or whatever. Uh, but but the the Western version didn't get any of that stuff. So I I don't know. I like if we were gonna do uh, like a legacy collection, it would be really cool to include all of that lost stuff and that stuff yeah. that was like Japan exclusive. But it looks like it's just like here's the games you bought on Game Boy Advance and you can buy them again. The ones that have already been localized and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. There's also some like <laughs> there's also some pretty yikesy stuff. In these games too. Oh, canceled. Uh, and I'm a little bit curious. Um, I was reminded of it when I saw a tweet. I wish I could give credit. But there's a, I think it's in the third one where you have to like, you're trying to kill bugs and you decide that the best way to do that is to trap them in whiskey. 
and so you're going you're you're a fifth grader you're going <laughs> you're going around asking adults for whiskey hell yeah so you can nice so like you a can cool like kid kill All these the bugs cool kids do and we'll get into the net and get fucked up <laughs> <laughs> and you you go talk to this guy who's like clearly like using some aave oh, and wow. and yeah and he tells you he's like you're you look like a baby why don't you go suck your mama's milk instead oh shit <laughs> it just really burns the kid as he's trying to get liquor from him anyway uh it'll be curious to see if there are any updates to the battle network series we can move on i think i've talked about battle network enough yeah uh, it's a cool series i think you should buy this collection and play the first game and then you probably won't want to play all the other ones because they're all kind of the same game yeah, there's ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 10 of the same game um but it is it is very cool uh there's like a speed scenario where there's like a bus that's gonna explode if it slows down and you and Mega Man have to like hack the bus while it's like driving up though so it takes fucking ages the the terrorists have like all the kids are at school and they're in their like vr helmets and the terrorists are like brainwashing them wait did this copy speed or did speed copy this which came out first this would have copied speed this is after speed speed came (laughs) in the 90s uh yeah cool game okay uh pac-man world repack anyone have an impassioned (laughs) i played these games as a kid but i remember like nothing about them they were solid platformers like but beyond that nothing it's cool to see them coming back but maybe it's going to be one of those cases of like maybe we should have left it in the past or whatever (laughs) I I don't really have any nostalgia for the Pac-Man World series, though like you, I did for sure play them. I feel like they tried to have a lot of variety in gameplay more than most platformers. Like, yeah, um, just try to do a lot of different stuff all the time. Um, yeah, but I was I, impressed with that look of it, like like the whole "it takes two" thing of just because that's what I liked about "it takes two" was how it yeah. like old platformers were. It's like you think, oh, there must have been so many mechanics that they designed to be used in one two-minute section of a game, and it never comes up again. Right. <laughs> it's like it's fun and it's cool, and it's like it keeps things fresh and exciting. But it, it also made me think Pac-Man of like as well that era when just every single game also had to have like a three D platformer. Mm. It's just like not everything. Needs- yeah, justice for Miss Pac-Man. It's his mum now. <laughs> Pac Man. Oh, instead of his wife. Which is weird. Pac Mummy. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> there's a dispute over the rights to Miss Pac Man. Oh. Uh, so when the when Game Pass just got that big Pac Man collection that had like 10 different Pac Man games, they had to replace Miss Pac Man with Pac Mom. <laughs> oh, okay. But Miss Pac Man is canonically Pac Man's wife, right? Miss Pac Man is Pac Man's wife, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, blank looks lovely. Oh yes, yeah, it gives me real unfinished swan vibes. It's like that and Journey because I think it's like a co-op narrative experience similar to Journey. So one of yeah. controls the wolf and the other controls the deer, which is it's a, like really a baby idea. wolf and a deer, and there's like no dialogue like Journey. Yeah, Reminds it, look, me it looks really, video. it looks really pretty. Um, I'd quite like to play. Um, yes, Return to Monkey Island. 
surprised by the art style I saw in this. Uh, at, I, at first blush, I'm not a fan. It's quite a bit different than classic Monkey Island. Mm. And the aesthetic... Ah, I had a good comparison yesterday, and now it's escaped me. Um, it reminds me of the mobile Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Monkey Island. I always have. I, like It was one of the first games I ever played. Yeah, my dad was obsessed with Monkey Island and all those adventure games from that era or from like Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm definitely looking forward to it, but when I first saw what it looked like, I was a little put off. Yeah, I'm not I'm not immediately in love with it. But... Uh, I am in love with Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. That does look quite fun, like XCOM Mario and Rabbids, which I've been told is what the first one was, but I kind of the first one's completely missed me. Um, yeah, that does look fun. The, so the first one is like really early Switch, like in the first few months of the Switch coming out. Uh, and while the the Rabbids Mario crossover concept might seem obnoxious, it's a really competent strategy game. Yeah, it's it's very strong. In terms of its mechanics, it's deeper and more difficult than you'd expect from Mario, I guess. But it's still a more accessible XCOM, if that makes sense. For sure. This has some big changes that I'm I'm surprised by, and I'm not sure how I feel about them yet. One thing, For one thing, they've gotten rid of the grid. So you don't have a movement range, per se, where you can only move you know, four spots and then attack. You have a radius that represents your move range, and you're free to move anywhere in that space before you attack. So that's a huge departure for not just from this series, but from the genre. Yeah. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see there. I mean, it looks like they're combining like platforming and action gameplay with the turn-based strategy because of how much you can do freely while you're just like running around within your movement range. Um, they showed Mario like run over to a bomb bomb, bomb bomb, pick it up and then chuck it uh, at a bunch of enemies. Um, and as Andrew King pointed out, we didn't have a lot of Mario enemy types in the first one. You pretty much just battled rabbits and rabbits yeah, like, that look like Mario characters. Yeah, you're right. Because in this, they had like sh- like variants on shy guys and stuff. From the yeah, this one actually had Mario enemy types in it. Which uh, sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, this is really high on my list, just because I, I think the first one is so good. Yeah, um, it's super fun. But uh, but yeah, it looks quite a bit different. Uh, little Noah, Scion of Paradise. This one. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that was me the kind too. Two D, two D like. Oh, this looks sick. Thing. Yeah, the sketchy sketchbooky one. No, that no. was. That's a different thing. That's like RPG something, but that did look really cool. I'm no, this that. was like that too, wasn't it? I'm making up a game very, in my head. <laughs> it, it didn't look very sketchy to me. I think you're thinking of RPG time. Yeah, probably. Um, which we'll get to. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I don't I don't recall this one at all. What's <laughs> 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 it called? Little Noah, Scion of Paradise. I'm going to... 
Google it. It's it's another game that I was like, this looks like the kind of game people who like this genre of games will really like. Oh and yes, it's I the one think I'll love with it, the so bravely default know. art style. Yeah, it looks fine, looks cute, but yeah, okay. I think it's gonna be like our colleague Joe Parlock said. It reminded him of Odin Sphere from Vanillaware, and it does look like that, but with like one tenth of the charm, which, mm. <laughs> which is probably quite damning. But yeah, it looked fun, fine. Uh, the next one was Railgrade, which looks like all my shit. Trains, it baby. Looks trains, so stressful to baby. Me. <laughs> I love this game called Satisfactory. Uh, which my is a yeah, um, and that has a lot of. Instead, I mean there there is trains that is part of it, but it's also just like conveyor belts and the math of like your input and output and trying to maximize and that looks like what all this is just yeah. crazy crazy interweaving tracks and trying to be as efficient as possible with your designs. Uh, looks like something I can get into. It, have you played on um, Ticket to Ride? Either of you? Yes, game? I've heard. Kind of- kind of looks like that but more stressful ticket to ride is a baby game for babies i enjoy it (laughs) it is fun it is fun it's basically Candyland. not like Candyland. oh okay (laughs) uh everything's something the next one was rpg time the legend of right and this was the one that was like the sketchbook That I agree, Jade. I think yes, that looks really, it looks cool. Really cool. I didn't make this up. I did. I thought no. I did it. No, that is a real game. That's definitely coming out. That looks sick. I think. Yeah, it yeah. looks really more games inventive. like that, please. That's yeah. It looks really cool. It a little bit gets overshadowed by that Devolver game we saw last week. Yeah, it, it I, I was thinking, isn't quite similar? There's yeah, there's another thing. I always find it really interesting when like when this sort of thing happens when because like uh, what was that? Was it um, Summer Game Fest? Yeah, where it was just like loads and loads of space games. Yeah, all spooky yeah. space games. That's like three I, in a row. Yeah, that you, I kind of get. It's like, do you know what, space? Yeah, like whatever. People have always been into space. Um, so it kind of makes sense that there's loads of space games. Weird, there's so many coming out right now. But mm. then again, I feel like every year there's loads of space games anyway. But when it's like something so specific, like, oh yeah, you play in the book on a child's desk. I'm like, what happened a couple of years ago? Or like a few years ago, that means now those games are like coming yeah. out. Like what what was the cultural thing that made loads of creators be like, Do you know what I want to make? That thing. Just yeah. love books, mate. No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it it is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I don't I don't know if this is the case or not, but sometimes people go to GDC or they go in social media spaces for developers and they start talking about ideas and then people get the same idea. Well, you, you don't know. even intend to steal them. It's just like osmosis of ideas and personalities. They go away and make their games, and suddenly it's like, oh, fuck, we've made the same thing. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, after that, we saw Sonic Frontiers again, and I, I this annoys me. When I played Sonic Frontiers at Summer Games Fest, they gave me two embargoes. We talked about this on the show a little bit. I got to do a preview for the game, but I wasn't allowed to talk about the cyberspace. IGN levels. was. 
IGN was allowed to talk about it. I was not allowed to talk about the cyberspace levels, which are the traditional linear Sonic runs on a path levels. And then they said you can talk about it on the 29th. And then on the 28th, they showed this trailer where they talked about it. And then they emailed me and they said, you can write your preview now. Get lost. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Sorry. I've done. Yeah. Well, we can talk about it here, though. The cyberspace levels are great. They look Pro- really cool. They're they probably going to be the best part of this game because the overworld stuff's not going to be very good. And so you're doing the overworld stuff. You're looking for world bosses, killing them to get their gears, and then taking their gears to these portals to activate them and go to these cyberspace levels. And I think all like the drive to get to the next cyberspace level and see the next you know, linear Sonic level will be a good motivator to, if nothing else, like get through this game. Get past the bad stuff to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Sonic. yeah. Do you know what I think is going to be cool? And what I think we will see in this Sonic game is, you know, those, um, there's a couple of Twitter accounts now that post like, like long gifts and short videos of, um, just like cool combat encounters they do and like cool exploration that they like, they chain together loads of different animations Mm. I think we're going to see stuff like that, but with this, with Sonic Frontiers, where like they just do like this rad as fuck chain of like loads of different things in the overworld that like that, I, it's the kind of thing that looks great in a tech demo, but most players won't actually be able to pull off themselves. Right. I hope so. I hope so. I my that my biggest fear for this game is that those lines don't exist. That <laughs> yeah. that you can you can there's a little section where you can do some cool shit. And then surrounding it is just endless flat land. Like, I saw some people notice in the new footage we saw, Sonic doesn't stick to walls anymore when he runs on them upwards. So mm. if you go up an upwards wall into the air, he'll just fucking eat shit <laughs> into the sky. <laughs> Which, if they've changed the physics to do that, incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, the, the cyberspace missions have multiple challenges, uh, like find all the red rings or Mm. beat it in a certain amount of time. Uh, and so that you will replay them to perfect them, uh, which is also very cool. Uh, and then that's how you earn your chaos emeralds, uh, which you need to collect throughout the open world and, I'm sure become supersonic in the end. So, uh, yeah, I think that stuff was really well done. I don't have a huge frame of reference to compare it to recent 3D Sonic games, just because I haven't, I didn't spend a ton of time with Forces or it was, Forces was a bad video game. Yeah, <laughs> so because there's there's bad. so many bad ones, so I didn't bother. So people will, will have been asking me like very specific things about like the 3D levels, and I. I don't know, but what I played was fun. It was more fun than the open world. That's cool. If it's like generations or colors, then that's that would be great. Uh, yeah, that's always good. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Uh-oh. I I really I want to warn everyone. I really want to warn everyone about this because it looks really great, doesn't it? It looks it, pretty. It looks pretty. It looks fun. You can take selfies with Ursula, and you can cook soup with ratatouille and remy and it's 
look, it's Animal Crossing, but it's Disney. You look beneath the surface, though, Eric. You look dark, beneath the surface. I gotta warn everybody: this is a game. This is a free-to-play game loft game, and if you don't know what that means, pick up your phone, go to the App Store, filter by top grossing, and then just play anything. And that's what you should be expecting from Disney Dreamlight Valley. It is not a mobile game, but it is designed like a mobile game. And this is the second game off game we've seen. Uh, of course, Disney Storm. Speedstorm. Speedstorm. Disney Speedstorm is the same thing. It's a Disney game off game that's not a mobile game, but in every way it's designed like one. So. I, you know, we don't know the the frequently asked questions on Disney Dreamlight Valley's website references microtransactions, but, you know, every game has microtransactions, so that doesn't tell us much. But we know what kind of games Gameloft makes, so you should expect... Yeah, it's going to be yeah, in the game. You should expect timers. You should expect... Uh, energy that you have to spend to do activities. You should expect expect pop-ups to buy bundles and to buy more gems and energy. And like, you should expect to play for a few hours and it's really fun. And then you hit a fucking brick wall. And the only way to progress is to either play 10 minutes a day for months or start spending lots and lots of money. They start charging you for them selfies you're taking with those heroes. Right. You're not allowed so, in until you like, come up like, to money. We I I am I am speculating, but it is not wild speculation. This is this is the way Gameloft makes games. And just because it's on a Switch or on a PlayStation or whatever doesn't mean it's not going to be filled with this microtransaction bullshit. And a lot of people are pretty surprised by that. Like I, I've seen a lot of excitement for this game. And when people find out it's free to play, they're they're pretty surprised um, that it's on a console and it's going to be that kind of game. But you know, welcome, welcome to video games in twenty twenty two. This is the world we've made. Uh, the next one was Live Alive, which we've seen before. This comes out this month, so they're just putting it out there again. I'm I'm so excited for this game. I just think it's so cool. There's a demo I, out too, I think they released. It. Yeah, there's a demo on Switch. This is uh this is a remake of a very old uh JRPG that never was never localized in the West. Um, but it has just such a cool concept. It's like eight sort of vignettes that are all completely different genres, completely different combat systems, and then they all come together at the end in like a big grand finale. Um there's like sci-fi stuff. There's old, there's like samurai stuff. Uh, there's a Western section. Uh, just a really cool, like Odyssey style uh, JRPG. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't love like the anime type persona kind of JRPGs, but I think that this looks, this looks like a really operatic and, and pretty interesting. So. I'm looking forward to this one. Very Chrono Trigger-y looking. Are you reviewing it, Jade? Yes, I can, I can talk about it. Not yet. I can touch on it next week. Okay, yes, cool. I'm reviewing it. Cool. Uh, okay, just a few more. Doraemon, Story of Seasons. Who is Doraemon? I recognize this little blue He's fella. like an adorable... He's super popular in like Japan and South Korea. Like He's a little blue dude. 
yeah a lot of anime and manga okay and with Doraemon Story of Seasons, they've sort of just latched him onto an existing farming life sim game. And this yeah. game... This is Harvest Moon, right? Yeah, but this has come to PS4 previously. And this might be okay. a sequel, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's 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 Story of Seasons with Doraemon. He's just hanging out. It's a really cute and fun game. Perfect for Switch. Yeah. It, yeah, that looks super cute. Uh, we saw Minecraft Legends again. Uh, I'm really interested in this. Uh, the studio is Blackbird Interactive in Vancouver. They make really cool stuff like Homeworld and um, like Hardship, Hardspace Shipbreaker. Oh. Uh, and this is sort of a kind of like an RTS Minecraft, but. It looks like uh, Brutal Legend. Yeah, like... Jake, Jake compared it to Brutal Legend. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, this is cool. Like. I think it is, is going to be cool. Built around you, and you're only controlling one person, but you can recruit people, and yeah, it looks or, or it looks like Dragon Quest Builders. It looks like that too. Mm, mm, Similar mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah, uh, Dragon Quest Treasures. Speaking of, <laughs> yeah, was the next one. This is a a very loot focused Dragon Quest, right? I played Builders in Eleven, but that's the vibe this gave me. Like, it's not a fully fledged game. It seems like something you can play with your mates and get on that loot grind <laughs> in Dragon Quest of all things. But mm-hmm. yeah, if, if it's cute and charming and does what Builders does, it could be cool. And it's coming out soon. So, uh, Captain Velvet Meteor: The Jump Plus Dimensions. What do you call me? I didn't. I'm not making this one up, right? I have to Google this one. Can't oh yeah, wait. Is that I'm on the I'm looking on the thing now. There's like a couple of tiny chapters that are really small and hard to find. Is it After No Man's Sky? Oh yeah, this is like a tactical yeah. game, wasn't it? Oh, was this a part of that dubstep montage <laughs> that he showed very briefly? All right. Uh, Portal Companion Collection. I swear Portal was already on Switch. Are they already announced that it was? They already announced it. They hadn't announced two. I think that was new. Oh, and they, okay. And they launched them both today anyway. It was kind of like a stealth drop. Yeah. They're both out now if you haven't played this game from 10 years ago. And I think they're pretty cheap. For both of them, it's like 14 quid. Which is okay. Like, uh... I mean, it's an all-timer. Yeah, I, think, I think they're actually matching like what they cost on Steam at the minute. Which is cool, because those games yeah. are great. And they run at 60, which is shocking. But also, yeah. as Eric said, they're like 50 fucking years old, so they're better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, the portals yeah. are great. Yeah, great games that we've all played a million times, but why not play it again? Uh, Harvestella. This game looks cool. It looks weird and wild. It yeah. does. It looks <laughs> like a, into it. It's like a grimdark Stardew Valley or something, right? It's basically yeah. Final Fantasy Stardew Valley. And the trailer <laughs> was so hilarious because it's yeah. like, you're going to toil the land and fucking create a life in this place. And then the season of death comes across. <laughs> and it's like, man, shit's going to get wild. And basically everyone's going to die. And you need to stop it. And it, the trailer played it so without any levity it was just <laughs> comically done oh and it looks really fun like i like um i like how in the in the animation where your character like gets up and stretches her arm just clips straight through her hair yeah anime you know um 
but like like it doesn't look intentional it's just like it, it looks like it's a clip it just looks like a complete model clip and i'm like oh come on <laughs> it's just only coming to switch and pc and they've they've got some good talent behind this even though it's clearly just square enix going oh we should do stardew valley shouldn't we yeah it's, mm. i mean the concept artist for final fantasy 12 the composer for tales like they've got some folks on this so i'm hoping it's not just going to be bootleg stardew valley in the realm of in by the way of final fantasy but it looks mm-hmm. cool like i'm keen do for you this. reckon do you reckon you will spend the growing season just nicely tending to your props fighting monsters and then you are gonna fight the god of death i think it'll be season? like because it looks like it's geared up for i that. think it's it looks like the final season and there's stuff in that trailer that hints towards a tales-esque combat system and building relationships in stardew valley so i reckon you're going to be told at the beginning of the game like oh here are all the seasons and by the way the world's gonna end in just before christmas maybe (laughs) maybe you'll have to like prepare all the resources you're growing instead of selling them maybe you're like storing them up and building relationships so people can help you fight god or whatever because it's it's doing that (laughs) but it's fascinating like i've got a lot of questions and i love these kind of games anyway so if they just do rune factory or stardew valley but make it into a square jrpg then that's a really cool idea i wish it was coming to playstation but it's only switch yeah. at the moment uh the final announcement from the mini direct was that persona 3 portable persona 4 golden and persona 5 royal are all coming to switch long Which time coming anyway. now people could Persona 5 fans can shut the fuck up. Yeah, man. That game <laughs> oh, is God. Now you can play the, your 200-hour JRPG on the toilet. Like, you, you <laughs> got your wish. And they, this week, for the show as well. So. Right. We just found out all of these were coming to Game Pass, right? Yeah. And, then, and of course, the Tendo fans were very upset about that. Were they? Just Why? they felt they felt like they was their turn, we but now it's their turn. It. We want <laughs> yeah. this to run at thirty FPS. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know what? To be honest, I with all of the uh, reading and time investment involved, if I was going to play Persona, which you know maybe someday, I don't know, I'll probably play Yakuza before I play Persona, but. If I was going to play Persona, I would rather do it on the Switch, where I could like lay in bed. And... Yeah, and that game's not demanding. It's a PS3 game at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so that is cool. I'm sure people are excited to start over from the beginning and put another 500 hours into these three games. <laughs> uh, okay, very cool. Uh, a lot of stuff that I'm excited about, more than usual, even for a regular Nintendo Direct, between... Mm-hmm. Sunbreak, which I'm I'm currently playing, and we can talk more about that uh, next week. Uh, the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, Mario Rabbids, Spark of Hope, Live Alive, uh, yeah, and Sonic and Railgrade. Uh, a lot of stuff I think look really cool. And Blanc or Blank, <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody else? Any last thoughts? It's a good and like yeah. I think that was nice. There was a few surprises in that direct that kind of rounded out the rest of the year because we had a few quiet spots. Like, 
Harvestella in November, and a few other things in October. It was just them going, oh, the Switch has stuff. Now we just need the first party goodies. That's all we're waiting for. I just, yeah, I like that it looks like there was a decent range of things going on. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, it wasn't like, you know, the Summer Game Fest where it was just, here's 10 space games. It was like, oh, cool, there's actually like quite a mix of things. And the Switch got range. I mean, like... Yeah, and I get it, you know, even though it's definitely not all for me and there's 100% going to be things I miss, it's like, that's fine. Other people are going to look at that and be like, oh my god, I love that. That That's that's so up my street, like that train game. Um, or that um, that laser puzzle game. I don't get why it's called laser like eyes. It sounds so much cooler than it than like you'd think a puzzle game. Lorelei and the laser eyes. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so no, I'm, I'm excited. I think, yeah, Harvestella look cool and that sketchbook one. The sketchbook yes. One. RPG time. That, that I really would like to play. That looks very fun. Reminds me of Drawn to Life back in the DS. Oh, yeah. Drawn awesome. to Death. David Jaff is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to stop ending every show talking about Jaff. Oh, no. Did you do that last week? <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, next week, as I said, we have Sunbreak to talk about. Uh, I think we can also get into Live Alive a little bit. You have a oh, preview. Xenoblade, I can touch on that. I, Ooh, can do those in a double. I can do those in a little double team. Nice. Uh, and then I think Multiverses might... I shouldn't oh, is say that. that. Is that open we, we we don't. It, it is July, but we don't we don't exactly know when. Uh, but yeah, we no. will. We have a lot of good stuff next week. So, until then, we'll see you then. Farewell, gamers. <laughs>